It's on. Okay, we're good. All right, here we go. All right, folks, here we go. Another week has come. Week 11. We're getting down to that stretch run. Thanksgiving's coming up here on Thursday. And obviously, once you get past Thanksgiving, now you kind of figure out, okay, how good are we? Are we a contender? Are we good enough to make the postseason? What are we? So this is the last week before that stretch, that, that critical stretch of the year. And obviously, it's a lot of decision-making here for a lot of teams here today. We do have two unanimous picks. And the first one, obviously, as much as we hate to do this here for Eagles fans, the Washington Commanders, after pulling off the upset of the year to this point, when you think about when you think about the situations and records, are at Houston today to play the Texans. I'll tell you what, man. I don't think this is a, a lock. You know, um, I, I I could see a major letdown game here for the Redskins after that after that big win last week. So, I think Houston's got a chance, um, but. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. It's, I think this could go either way. All right, well, they told us they told us it was going to be a unanimous pick. Yeah. But this one is definitely one. Baltimore hosting Carolina, that's definitely one. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's a, it should be an easy win for Baltimore. All right. Well, we start today, like I said, there's a lot of crappy matchups as well as there is interesting matchups. We'll start with, obviously, as we do, obviously now that Matt's doing the produ- producing here for newer viewers, we start from the back to the end and then the Eagles at the end for newer viewers. But obviously we're going to start with the AFC West, most disappointing division in football, and the two most disappointing teams. Late in the afternoon today, the Denver, with their terrible offense and playing them coach and the Raiders were just terrible anyway. So interesting matchup here, you know, and we'll see what happens here. There's even a spark left for either team. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll go quick with this one. I mean it's obviously a terrible game between two bad teams. Um Nate Hackett is officially announcing giving up the play calling duties. Um to uh uh, I forget the guy's name. I think it's Gary Kubiak's son. His last name's Kubiak. Um, so you know that that probably will help Denver some because let's face it, Nate Hackett's an absolute nobody. He's a complete fraud, um, and I've been saying that for years. So yeah, that that's going to help them. That's going to help Denver. Denver's got a good D. If they can get that offense turned around, I mean they're they're so far in the hole they're not making the playoffs, but maybe they can make a run in the second half and, you know, build some momentum for next year, but um, I think it's going to help them. I think uh, uh, the Raiders are going to have a tough time here against that Denver defense, and I think uh, Denver pulls it off, and they actually have a a decent game on offense. So, um, oh, I did see one stat here. I think this is for the Raiders, uh, or for the the Broncos. Um, They'd have uh, one loss, I think it is, this year, if their offense had just scored 18 points in each game in regu- regu- regulation. So, you know, they need 18 points a game, and they'd actually be one of the best teams in the NFL. That's how good their defense is. So defense wins this. Offense actually breaks 20, and 
Broncos win. Final score, 23-13. to 13. Yes, we, we have to say that there is a strength on Denver, and that has been their defense. Their defense is one of the best in football, but you just don't hear about much because of how terrible the offense is. And that's still a shame because of Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson is obviously kind of kicking himself for making this trade out of Seattle. But obviously, time had to go and move on. We've talked about this all year. Like I said, Jake Haskett just did something smart. Like you said, just giving up play calling. Because to me, you be, you're a better coach if you're not calling plays and being a head coach. Obviously, in this league, offensive head coaches matter more. But when you actually let the offensive coordinator be the offensive coordinator and calling plays, it makes a hell of a lot of difference. And this might be, leave it to a spark. And I think Denver's going to have a chance today because the Raiders are an absolute mess. They lost the Indy last week. They showed no heart, no passion, nothing. Josh McDaniel's proven he's not a not a good coach at all. And he's going back to a place that he's not even used. He, he's even hated more. Denver, where he coached that for a couple of years, his history drafting Tim Tebow. I mean, it's just this team is a mess. Derek Carr is not confident. He and Devontae Adams have not worked out. It's just been a mess this year. And I just I can see Denver having actually having a big day today. I think they're going to have a big offensive day today. I think, you know, Russell Wilson will throw a couple of touchdowns and they will look like a team that we all thought they would be. But then again, they're playing the Raiders, so it, it, it's easy. That's easier to, to say. So I got the, the, uh, the Denver, uh, Broncos winning and the final score 27 to 17. Okay. Now, obviously, as if you haven't been living under a rock or, or been in, on an island, you know, or down Florida or somewhere, then, uh, Buffalo, New York, is under a major winter explosion, as I say. They got over six feet of snow. Now, think about this. You're not going to see, you're never going to see six feet of snow where you live, and six feet of snow is about about an average of 40 years of snowfall in Philadelphia for combined, combined. So, yeah, Bronco, yeah, I mean, yeah, Buffalo is a mess right now. This game, obviously, for obvious reasons, has been moved westward to Detroit, and they will host the Cleveland Browns today. Now, obviously, the Broncos are struggling right now. They've lost their last two games at the gun, and obviously, now this is a chance to get a big get-back game against another struggling team with that had expectations starting the season, but they don't have a quarterback that they can trust right now. And like I said, they're, they don't, they still don't have uh, they still don't have Deshaun Watson for this game. But a big matchup here for for the Broncos to Broncos to fill to get back and, and and get their ass together in Detroit, where they're going to be staying all week because they have another game to play here, this time as a road, as the traditional road team. So, big matchup today in Detroit for two out-of-town teams. Go ahead. Yeah, well, um, I mean, this game would have been fun to watch it in the snow, but, you know, they obviously had to move it to Detroit, which for Buffalo, um, they play in Detroit on Thursday on Thanksgiving, which is something that I'll get into next time we talk, but you know, they may as well just stay there at this point for for the entire week because there's no point in flying back to Buffalo for a day and then just flying right back to Detroit. 
Um, but yeah, you come into this game, um, you're, you're talking about two teams that aren't playing too hot lately. Cleveland has lost four of their last five. Buffalo's on a two-game losing streak. Um, and Josh Allen, you know, he leads the NFL with ten interceptions thrown. He's thrown two in each of the last three games. He's not having a great stretch. And this is something that happens with Buffalo seemingly every year where in the middle of the season they just kind of go on a – they get cold for a few weeks. And, you know, once December comes around, they tend to turn it back up. So maybe uh, this is a game where they can turn it around. Cleveland, again, they're waiting for Deshaun Watson to come back. They were trying to get through this part of the season and still be in playoff contention so they can turn it up with Deshaun Watson. Hasn't worked out. And uh, going up against Buffalo, I don't know, man. I don't see it happening for Cleveland. I just don't see uh, Jacoby Brissett being able to do anything against this Bills defense. And Josh Allen, I think he'll turn it around. And I think this might be the game where he he has a big game and starts to turn his season around. So I'm going with Buffalo. Final score, 36-16. Yeah, this is, like I said, it's, this is going to be interesting. Like I said, very rarely do you play on a neutral site, but this is the first of two games this weekend on a neutral for a neutral site. There's not an actual home, even though Buffalo's the home team, but they're playing in Detroit. And obviously, like you said, they are playing here for Thanksgiving against the actual home team, the Lions. So, so they're going to be in Buffalo for, I mean, in Detroit for for the week. And obviously, yeah, they've been struggling and. Josh Allen, it's almost like they hit this lull like they did last year. And unfortunately, last year it cost them a Super Bowl appearance because they weren't the one seed. It cost them the one seed. And then all of a sudden, they, you know, they had to play that hard game in Kansas City that obviously had that historic loss with the overtime rule. So this is critical for Buffalo to get back on track. I mean, they do have to win against Kansas City, and that's, and that's very important. But the problem is, if they end up with the worst record in Kansas City, they have to go to Kansas City in January if they want to get if they want to get to Arizona on February 12th. So we'll see what happens there. Cleveland, you know the story. They're still waiting for Deshaun Watson. He's still out there waiting. You know, he's he's still suspended. He can't play for a couple more weeks. He still has two more weeks before he's allowed to return. So. Obviously, they have to weather the storm. Like I said, today should be interesting. But like I said, a lot of the Bills fans will be there. It's going to be a Bills-heavy you know, fan base. So that could be a, that could be a struggle for them. But I'm not, I'm not going to give the Browns any thought that they can't be in this game. I think they have a legit chance to win this game. Because Buffalo's struggling right now. They're just they're fooling and they're filling around. They, you can't. If they, you know, they did this last year, and, they, and, 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 you know, like I said, it cost them at the end. So I think Buffalo, I think Cleveland's going to have a legit chance to go to go play and try to win this game. But I agree with you. I think Buffalo hangs on. I think they it, – it's a, it's a tight one. It's a close one. But I'm going to go with Phil slightly and the final score, 31 to 29. Hmm. All right. Speaking of Detroit, they're, they're very proud to use their facility because they're on the road today. And they're east. They went to east to 
Meadowland. And obviously, you know, things are going pretty well for Detroit the last couple of weeks. They've won the last two games. But obviously, they're playing a team that's obviously playing very, very well right now. And right now, looking really, really good in not just the in this, not just in the division, but also in the conference, the Giants. Giants are obviously, you know, both of these two teams will be playing on Thursday as well. Not against, obviously not against each other, but this should be an interesting matchup for these two teams. Detroit's got their act together, but Giants are the team that still get, still doing their thing, still finding ways. So, like I said, they find ways to win. So, this should be an interesting matchup here today. Go ahead. Yeah, well, um, we're early in the call. This is my uh, lock of the week here. This is my lock of the week. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, you look at this one, you got the 3-6 and six Lions going up against the 7-2 and two Giants in New York, and the Giants are giving up just three points. You know, so you look at that right off the bat, you think, oh, man, this is an this is easy one. But not necessarily, you know. Um, Detroit, they've won – their last, they've won two games in a row. Four of their six losses have come by four points or less. Meanwhile, the Giants, with seven wins, five of those wins have been by six points or less, and uh, two of the other two wins were by eight points. So, you know, they're playing close games, and Detroit keeps these games close. They're competitive teams. So, you know, on paper, it looks like it's an easy one, but it's not necessarily. At the same time, um, the Giants have the massive advantage here with uh, Saquon Barkley. He's leading, he coming into the week, I should say, because Derrick Henry played on Thursday and obviously passed him. But um, Saquon coming into this week leads the NFL in rushing yards with 931. Um, I think he's going to run all over Detroit. And, you know, even though Detroit's competitive and the Giants games are always seem to be close, I do think that the Giants are going to cover here. And I'm making this my lock of the week, you know. I hate doing it. Last week I took the Cowboys and they killed me, and now I'm just going with the Giants. But I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go with the Giants here. Unfortunately, I gotta I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Giving up three, they're gonna cover. It's still gonna be a one-score game, but the Giants will cover the spread. So I'm going with the Giants here with a final score of 30 to 24. Yeah, like I said. The Giants are obviously a team that's got their act together. And like I said, the Lions, they've, they've obviously struggled this year trying to win games. But then again, it is the Lions we're talking about. But like I said, I mean, this should be an interesting matchup here. Obviously, Saquon is having a, having a bounce-back year. Like I said, he leaves coming into this week. He leaves the league in rushing. Obviously, he, he's got his hands full dealing with a Derrick Henry. That's going to be about giving injury for the rest of the year. But obviously, these, you know, this, this battle, this matchup should be very interesting. Daniel Jones is having a, almost a Pro Bowl-like year. He has only two interceptions this year. Well, only two quarterbacks to start all to start all ten ten games without pick, so or nine games, uh, ten or nine games, whatever. But you know, Daniel Jones is having a hell of a year, and you know, like I said, the Giants are doing great. Obviously, the rumors about Odell Beckham coming back would be big. There are rumors that he is he is very interested in rejoining when he makes his decision later this week of who he'll sign with. So this is a very important game 
and Giants would definitely need someone like him to, to help with their with their receiving because their receiving isn't the greatest. But they're getting it done. They're finding ways to win. Like I said, that's been their norm all year. They have five comeback wins this year, and that's big. That's a very important. I mean, four comeback wins. But it's going to be tough for Detroit today. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I, I got the Giants winning pretty comfortably here. I, I don't think Detroit's going to be able to hang here. So I got the Giants winning two and going in with a big momentum into that big matchup with Dallas on Thursday and the final score, 30 to 16. Okay, well, hey, um, one one note bringing up Odell, since you brought up Odell Beckham is um, you kind of talked about it on Wednesday, but one other thing that I've been hearing is, uh, you know, a lot's being made about the Giants and Cowboys and Bills being interested, and everyone thinks it's going to be one of them. But I've been hearing a little bit too that the the Bucks are an under the radar dark dark horse team that some people think he's going to sign with. So, you know. Just start throwing that out there in case you haven't heard about that yet. Um, he could end up in Tampa here, and it would actually be a good spot for him. I mean, warm weather with that surgically repaired knee, sure, it feel that knee will feel a lot better in Tampa than it would in, like, Buffalo, you know, and he's also playing with the greatest quarterback of all time if he were to sign here, so. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I mean, I, 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 I can see him. Yeah, that, that's not all the question. No, I, I think it's very possible that, that he could sign there, right? So I, I doubt that he's going to sign here in Philly, but like I said, we'll see what happens here. I doubt it, but honestly, man, I told you back before the trade deadline went with the Eagles, you know, I really wanted the Eagles to trade for a receiver because they're lacking in terms of depth outside their top three pass-catching options in uh, A.J. Brown, um, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard, and now Goddard's injured. And, you know, they could use another – guy that can get open and catch the ball because Quez isn't that guy, it doesn't seem like. No. No. So, yeah, Quez is only good for big plays, and that's basically, he's very limited. And Zach Pasco obviously isn't that great, you know. <laughs> he's okay for, like, for a couple good plays. But, but anyway, as we continue on here, like I said, big matchup here coming up here. here we're going the NFC side of the board here. Like I said, the Falcons they, they're trying to get their act together, lost the last two games. Obviously, the Bears are playing extremely strong with Justin Fields. He's been by far the most impressive quarterback of the last couple of weeks, especially running the football. He's been an absolute, absolute beast. You know, over 300 yards of, uh, running over the last two games. So, both, in both cases, they did not win. So, these are two teams on losing streaks that will hopefully be with Bucbury tie will be broken today. So interesting matchup here. Both teams obviously needed for obvious reasons. So go ahead. Well here's the deal with Justin Fields and I've said this before, man. He he's not a he's not a good quarterback. Let's face the facts. You know, he's not a good thrower. He doesn't throw the ball well. He doesn't see the field well, you know. Everybody seems to be like all over this guy because he can run the ball, but like you said, he ran for 300 yards in the last two games, and they lost both of them. It's not going to win you in the NFL just running the ball as a quarterback. you got to be able to throw the ball. And he hasn't shown, to me, he hasn't shown much progress from college to his rookie year to year two as a quarterback. And uh, I just don't think he's that good, even though it seems like a lot of people in the media are, are, are sweating him bad. 
It's just not, there's nothing. There's nothing special. I haven't seen the growth that we saw out of like Jalen Hurts, for example. That being said, this game, um, this game is going to be about running the ball because, uh, like I said, the, the Bears aren't good at passing the ball, and neither are the Falcons. The Falcons are a run-heavy team. Um, I'm going with, but I, I think the Falcons are going to win this game. I think they're just the better all-around team. Um, I think they're a better coach team, and uh, the, the Bears are just not a good team this year. The Falcons, they're competitive, and you know they still have a outside shot at winning the division. So I'm going with the Falcons at home here. Final score is going to be, I'm going to say 26-23. Yeah, I said you're absolutely right about running the ball. If you, if, you know, you have to pass in this league. You know, Brady, Manning, all the great passers, that's what they are known for, passing. You know, you're not going to just win by running the ball. I mean, Bobby Douglas was a great, was a great Bears quarterback that nobody ever heard of and led the league in rushing in 1972. And they're playing a similar offense that, they, that he played in 1972. 72, but he was extremely limited. Very similar. Very just a similar style and everything else. But guess what? It didn't last. The next year he got comatose and that was the end of his career. So I mean, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but but obviously I mean, I, mean, I, I, don't, I think he still played, but he was, but he had that great year, that great one year where he ran the ball and that's all he did. And and the Bears had a fun time with it, but you know, it seems very similar 50 years later with Justin Fields, a similar deal. But at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. If you're not running the foot, if you're not throwing the ball, if you're, you know, if you're not getting in touch with your receivers, if you're going to become a one-man gang offensively, you're not going to have a lot of success. And that's something that, that you know, Fields has to think about. There's other players around. I mean, if they're not, they may not have to be elite, but they can make plays, let them make plays. So, so yeah. Obviously, for for, for Atlanta, Mariota, they're kind of looking at it as well. He doesn't do as much running as, as Fields has, but obviously he's not that much better. And you can tell the Falcons have struggled because of that over the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, this should be a battle. This should be interesting today. I mean, I expect Fields to go off again. I think he's going to have another big running game over 100 yards rushing and stuff. But I'm going to go with the Falcons. I think the Falcons are going to win this game. I think they, they'll make Cordell Patterson is, is playing, and obviously, you know, he's one of the top guys in this league, one of the better weapons in this league. So I'm going to go with with, uh, with Atlanta as well, and the final score, 25 to 23. Okay. All right, we'll go. All right, we're going to go to a matchup that seems on paper very sexy, but it's not. And they're near the top of my board, which is kind of a, kind of a disgrace, disgrace to, to people. Saints and Rams. And the Rams obviously are one of the worst Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champions in recent memory. They're off to a very terrible start. They're 3-6, and six, the worst start ever under Sean McVay. Obviously a lot of injuries. Matt Stafford is is expected to start today after being out last week. So the Saints, they're pretty bad, too. They're not that good a football team either. Similar record. They're, they're just not playing good at all. 
Andy Dalton is still getting the start. Davis Winston has already shown, has recently said in, in recent conversations with people that he's very frustrated that he's not getting the start because he, he believes he gives them, and I believe too, that he gives them a better chance to win. So two disappointing teams going at it here early today, and we'll see what happens. Maybe there's a spark. It's not like they're out of the postseason race, but neither team is winning their division. So go ahead. Yeah, well, Jameis Winston might not be a great quarterback, but he's definitely better than uh, than um, Andy Dalton at this point in their careers. But, um, yeah, like you said, Stafford is expected to play. The problem is the Rams just haven't been good with or without him this year, and now Cooper Cup's out, too. So, yeah, now they're going to in for some trouble here in L.A. Their seasons are obviously over at this point, and, you know, they – I don't even think they have a first-round draft pick because they keep trading all their draft picks for yeah, veterans. They, yeah, they always kill. They always kill their their first round. They never the first round like foreign to them. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They might not even have a second rounder either. So it's a tough one. You know, they went all in trying to go back to back Super Bowls. They spent a lot of money and it hasn't come through for them. And uh, the Saints, though, man, they're bad and. Obviously, they don't have a first-round pick because they traded to the Eagles. So, as, if they keep losing games, that's good for us. But um, right now, if, if the season ended today, the Eagles would have the number four pick in the draft, by the way, with that. But um, for this game, with Cooper Cup out, man, the Rams, I don't think the Rams stand a chance even against a bad team like the Saints. That's just how bad the Rams have been this year. And the Saints, you know, they can at least somewhat move the ball on offense and all that. They're, they're going to they're gonna shut down the Rams and score some points. Not a lot, but some. And uh, Saints win this one with a final score of, I'm going to say, 22-10. to 10. Yeah, this is not a sexy matchup. I mean, a couple years ago, it would have big implications in the conference, but there is no implications at this point. These are... These are two teams that are going pretty much nowhere at this at this rate. And like I said, I mean, it's just it's a terrible deal. And I feel bad for Davis Winston because I think he fits the Saints and what they want to do. I think they're they're obviously a team that you know that they execute well. And with Winston, they can win games. But for whatever reason, he got injured, and the and the Saints have obviously gone in a different direction with with Andy Dalton. But Andy Dalton, I don't know. It's, it's just like, why? What makes him so special? What makes him good? You know, he's not a very good quarterback at this point in his career, and he's not helping this team at all. So, but obviously, like I said, on this day, I'm I'm pretty much going to look at it like this. I think the Rams are not a good team. Like I said, like you said, they bet the farm on on trying to win another Lombardi Trophy. That's not going to happen. They're, they're, they're the worst team to start since any Super Bowl champ in 30 years. And in 40 years, actually, since the 82 49ers. But I can look at teams like the 2006 Pittsburgh Steelers, the 1991 New York Giants. They weren't just a good team either after, after, being, after being Super Bowl champs the previous year. So, I mean, they're not the first team to miss the, that will miss, probably miss the postseason after winning it all, and probably obviously not the last, but things are just, today's not going to be a great day for this for the team, and 
I think the Saints will have a decent game. You know, we'll see. I, I really don't care about it much. So, I got the Saints winning in the final score, 24-20. Yeah, man. Yeah, the only thing that would have been better to me with the way that the Rams season has gone is if they had just lost to the Bengals in the Super Bowl last year so they just basically they didn't even have a Super Bowl victory. Because, you know, I hate, I hate L.A. teams. I hate the way that they try to buy the super, buy championships every year, just like the Lakers and Dodgers and all of them, man. I hate them all, and I wish there was nothing um, but the worst for them all of them. It does bite them in the ass. Both of them. It does bite, you know, buying championships does bite you in the ass. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish nothing but the worst for every single one of those teams, man. I hate <laughs> every one of them. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll see you and not going out to L.A. anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we're moving on here. Obviously, a big matchup in the AFC North. This is one of my picks, my picks of the week. Obviously, as far as my our betting thing is, we'll we'll look back one after the obviously on Wednesday. But but an interesting matchup here late today. It's a late afternoon game. Obviously, the Steelers are playing are playing decent with um, you know with. With Kenny Pickett, but obviously they're not still not playing great enough to win on a, on a regular basis. The Bengals are coming off of a bye. These two teams met opening week, and it was a it was an embarrassing game, kind of similar to what the Eagles had to deal with 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 Washington last week. Embarrassing loss at home. This is a revenge game. This is a get back game for the Bengals to go on the road and beat and beat the Steelers which they've done pretty much a lot here in the last few years. So, critical matchup for Bengals, who are still in this wild card chase and obviously in this division chase with the Ravens. So, big matchup here t- late in the afternoon. Go ahead. Yeah, well, it's definitely a big game for the uh, Bengals. You know, they've started to play better lately, and um, this is probably the last game that they're going to be without Jamar Chase, who's been out for um, – this would be the third straight game that he'd miss with the ankle injury. Um, so that would be huge to them if they can win this and then they get Jamar Chase back for the stretch run of the season. The Steelers have not much left to play for either, man. They're Other than just trying to develop Kenny Pickett, they're finished. And their team's horrible. Their offensive line's terrible. Um, even the defense, which usually is really good in Pittsburgh, has been bad all year. So I think this is one of those games that Joe Burrow is going to have a big game. He's, they're going to throw all over the Steelers, and then um, Jamar Chase comes back, and they can they can turn it up for the last part of the season. So I'm going with the, the Bengals here with an easy victory. Final score is going to be 33-17. to 17. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the Steelers' chances today. Obviously, for the Bengals, they remember Week One and the and the and the and the beatdown that they well, it wasn't a beatdown, but kind of the mental beatdown that they gave Joe Burrow and stuff. They he threw picks and just looked bad. It's obvious that the Bengals are a much better team now than they were then, and they're a team that's obviously going to get their act together here. So this is very critical. For these two, for these two teams, well, obviously for the Bengals because they obviously want to get back into the playoffs. You know, like the Rams, they're, it's not a guarantee they make it back to the to the postseason. 
but unlike the Rams, they're still a contending team. Obviously, they're still in the mix to to win the to win the North. Ah, like I said, T.J. Watt came back last week, and that obviously helps the pass rush, and that obviously will make things better. But I agree with you. This is my pick. I picked the Bengals to win big, and and I and I'm not going against it. I think they're going to go in up there and they're going to stop on on the field in a revenge in a revenge side deal. So. Bengals win in the final score, 36-19. to 19. Hmm. All right. I'm sure you're, you're – I'm sure another thing that gets on your nerves is international games. And we have one more to go in this, in this season of international play. Mexico, Monday night football. The 49ers and the Cardinals will be going at it here. So – like I said, big matchup here for both of these teams. Obviously, for the 49ers in a wild card spot right now, still in the division race with the Seahawks on on a break. This is a critical matchup for them. To obviously, they could take the lead in this division with a win because they do have to win the tiebreaker win with the 49 with the Seahawks earlier this year. Arizona, they're just trying to hang on, they're trying to just on and try to stay in afloat in the wild card race. So, critical matchup here south of the border. Go ahead. Yeah, well, the um, the European games bothered me because of the ridiculous times the games are played. But Mexico game doesn't really bother me, man. I mean, at least it's in a, a regular time zone and it's played at a regular time, you know. Um, but with this game... You know, Kyler Murray is questionable. I think he's going to play. He obviously missed last week's game against the Rams, which they didn't need him for because Colton McCoy played and the Rams suck, and uh, Stafford didn't play either. But um, this week they're going to need him to play if they want any shot of winning because the Niners have a tough D, and they've won their last two. They're looking for a third straight victory. Um, One thing to keep in mind here is this game in Mexico City, um, the the altitude there um, in Mexico City, it's uh, 7,200 feet above sea level, and um, and one thing we'll see how it turns out. Arizona stayed home; they they practiced at home all week, but San Francisco, to try to prepare for the altitude change, they went out to Colorado, and they've been practicing all week there in Colorado, trying to get used to that. So. I think that's a little bit of an advantage there for the Niners that they were smart enough to do that, and um, that's going to pay off for them. They're obviously the better team anyway, but I think that's going to help them a lot. And even if Kyler Murray plays, I think they're going to have trouble. Who knows how healthy Kyler Murray is anyway. Um, Niners win this one. I think they win it easy. I'm going to put the final score here at, uh, I'm going to say 34-13. You have the 49ers winning, right? Yeah. Yeah, this should be interesting. Like I said, these are two teams that obviously know each other very well. You know, like I said, this game obviously is in Mexico City. And you're right about that high altitude, high loud mountains out there. You wouldn't think that being that far south. But, hey, this is this is the matchup. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know. Well, the 49ers training in Colorado at the Broncos facility or no? 
No, they were at like a, some Air Force facility. It was in Colorado Springs, which is, I think it's about an hour outside of Denver. Oh, I'm about to say, sometimes they might use other facilities, team facilities, I thought for a minute. But anyway, like I said, we'll see what happens there. But this is not a great matchup for both teams. I mean, obviously the 49ers currently are in a wild card spot. They're in the last seed. They're in the seventh seed. And then obviously they will, if they win this game, they will move to first place ahead of the Seahawks. For the Cardinals, it's just, what it is. They're not they're not playing great right now. They're not looking too good. And like you said, Colin Murray is questionable. So like I said, we can pretty much chalk this up as a as a big win for the for the forty ers I think they win pretty comfortably here. So I'm gonna go with them as well. And the final score twenty seven to seventeen. All right. We're going to go, we get down to a few more games here. My intriguing matchup of the day is an AFC East battle. Two teams that would right now be playing wild card weekend. As, as every team in the AFC East would be playing wild card weekend. And this probably would be a matchup too, if I'm not mistaken. No, it wouldn't be the matchup. But these are two teams that are in the playoffs right now. And that's the Jets and the Patriots. And three weeks ago, these two teams met, and it was a decent matchup, but once again, the Jets come up short. And now they have to go to Foxborough, the Belichick house, both coming off the buys. So this should be a very interesting matchup for these two teams, in theory. So, like I said, these are two teams with winning records, with a chance to help their playoff chances, and even division, and even division chances here. Big matchups here today. My intriguing matchup. Go ahead. Yeah, well, um, the Jets were, last time these two teams played, the Jets came in hot and ended up getting beat down by New England. And Zach Wilson threw it three interceptions in that game. Um, right now, the Jets are coming into this game. They're half a game behind Miami for the lead in the division. So, um, this is a big game for them. Likewise, New England... You know, they're still in the playoff hunt. They need, they need to get a victory here, too. Um, and when you look at the recent history between these two teams, beyond just this last game that they played, New England has a 13-game winning streak going against the Jets. So, you know, typically they have a lot of success. And I think it's going to be more of the same. I think Zach Wilson's going to have a tough time against that New England defense. Um, the New England running game is going to be strong against the Jets. And... I think the Patriots win this one. Final score is going to be 30-20. Yeah, this should be interesting to see. I mean, these are two teams obviously know each other very well. They just played each other three weeks ago. It was a good game, and the Jets had chance to end the streak. But Zach Wilson became Zach Wilson. He he forgot how to play, and he you know looked bad. And like I said. You know, you can't you can't do that against a, a Bill Belichick led defense. I mean Jets have a chance to go in there and win today. I do have a feeling that they could they could, but that means Sauce Gardner has to have a big game. He's gonna have to pick off Zach Jones. And I think he could, and I think he will. But this is this is gonna be tough because for some reason, like I said, the Patriots have the Jets number and they haven't lost to them since twenty 
some reason, the Patriots are the crook tonight. They're playing good against everybody else. I mean, they beat the Bills, they beat the Dolphins, but for some reason they can't they can't beat Belichick for whatever reason. So, like I said, I agree with you. I think the Patriots find a way, and they do. Be a close one, though. I think it's going to be a five my intriguing matchup. I expect this to be a, a battle between the two very good teams. And the final score, Patriots win. Final is 29 to 26. All right, my game of the week, and here in Philly, the doubleheader is the CBS. The Eagles game is obviously first, but the second game will be this one. And why not? I mean, obviously, this is an intriguing matchup as well, but this is the game of my game of the week, and this could very well be a matchup we see again in January in a critical situation. So Dallas, obviously, they're playing well enough, but they're coming off an embarrassing, an embarrassing loss, a choke job in the second half in the fourth quarter and overtime to lose to Green Bay, a terrible team right now. The Vikings are rolling right now. They've won their last seven games of one score and a thrilling come-from-behind win in Buffalo. Like I said, they're doing well, and they, and they're seeing, and they see blood in the way. They could very well be in position to be the top NFC team moving forward. They could take the one seed here, here with a win here this afternoon. And like I said, Dallas this is the critical game. They're almost put into a hole because if they lose this game, it's going to be it's going to be hard to, to win this division, and it's going to be even harder to think that they're a lot to even be playing in the postseason. So this is a critical matchup for this team. But it's critical as well for Minnesota. Big matchup, game of the week. Go ahead. Yeah, well, yeah, this is a big one here uh, for both teams. You know, Minnesota, they're tied right now with the Eagles for the number one seed in the in the NFC. Obviously, the Eagles have the the uh, tiebreaker over them because they got, we beat them, that beat them down earlier in the year. Um, and Dallas, they're looking to at least try to remain in the hunt for the uh, NFC East title. And this is a big one for uh, two receivers here that got drafted in the same draft, just a couple picks apart, C.D. Lamb and Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, Lamb's been pretty good his, so far in his career, but Jefferson's been the man. He's been easily the best receiver in that draft. I, and, I mean, that's obvious, but... He's been possibly one of the best receivers ever in his first three seasons. Um, and he needs 88 more yards receiving to pass Randy Moss for, um, for the most receiving yards by, a, by an NFL player in his first three NFL seasons. Moss currently has 41-63 in his first three years. So Justin Jefferson has a lot of games to get 88 yards, but I think he's going to do it today. Um, and then one other thing. You know, a lot's been made the last two weeks about the Eagles' run defense since Jordan Davis got injured, about how we're getting gashed in the run. But Dallas has been getting gashed way worse in the run um, in the last two games. They've allowed over 200 yards rushing in each game. And they're going up against a guy in, uh, in Dalvin Cook who, who can pick up yards. So I think it's going to be a tough one for Dallas, man. I think Minnesota keeps on winning somehow. Um, I could see this, you know, you could, this could be a potential letdown game for Minnesota after the way that they beat um, Buffalo last week. But this is a home game. This is against a good team, so they're going to come in focused, and I think they're going to run the ball all, all over Dallas. And Jefferson has a good game, so 
Minnesota with the victory. It'll be close, but they win it. Final score is going to be 34 to 30. What was the score? 34 to 30. All right. Yeah, this could be interesting. I said these are two teams. I can't stand either of these teams, and you can't either. You know, Dallas, we obviously traditionally can't stand being the division rival, and then your favorite quarterback is in here in Kirk Cousins for the Vikings. But obviously this is an intriguing matchup as well because these are two teams that will figure into, you know, probably the Eagles' biggest, right now the two biggest threats to the Eagles in this conference. And the Eagles have already beaten both of these two teams. So that gives us an advantage there. But these two teams have to face each other potentially if they have to get to the Eagles in an NFC championship game situation scenario. So I can see this as a divisional matchup too. And it would be a matchup with a lot of implications. But obviously, right now for Dallas, they need to get. They need this is a game they must win after losing last week. And like you said, Eagles' run defense has been bad, and you're right about Dallas. And you know, but they can run the ball with Tony Pollard and as Zeke as Zeke is been activated, so he will be playing this afternoon, late later today. For the Vikings, I mean, obviously. You know, what can you say? They're, you know, they, they, they find ways to win, and they've been finding ways to win. Now, this is the third straight year Dallas has gone to Minnesota, and they're 2-0 and in those games with lesser situations. So if I'm looking at situation, I think Dallas can come in there and, and, and find a way. Now, this is Kwame's big pick of the week because he obviously can't believe that Minnesota are an underdog at home. But – Dallas has won the last, like I said, just won the last two times in Minnesota. So, but I think I agree with you. I don't think that's going to continue. That that trend's going to continue. I think Minnesota's going to find a way here. I think they're going to find a way, and all all systems go for a big for a big situation. So, I'm going with the Vikings, and I'm going to go with the final score, 34 to 27. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. That means we got one more game, and you know what that is. The Eagles, like I said, this is the first time they've been in this position coming off of a loss. But how so how do they respond? How do they respond hey, today? Hey, you skipped one. I did? Chief. Charlie. Oh, yeah. My bad. Sunday night game. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> See, we, we had that problem one time this year. We didn't do it. All right. We're going to... Sunday night matchup, big matchup here on Sunday night, Kansas City and Chargers. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, if it was a lesser game, I wouldn't have caught it, but this is the one of the games of the week. So, um, but yeah, so you come into this game, um, both teams are hurting at wide receiver. Now, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are expected to play, from what I'm reading. So, that's a big boost to the Chargers. But KC's hurting too, you know. Um, Nicole Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster are probably both out. And Hardman is out. Smith-Schuster's probably out. And um, MVS, he might miss the game, too. He's had an illness all week that he been, hasn't been practicing. So the Chiefs are looking at a receiving staff of Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, and Justin Watson. You know, I mean, it's some talent there in Tony and Moore. But Tony just got their team, and Moore's a rookie who's done nothing all year. Um, so that, that, that could hurt. Now, they do still have Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the NFL, so there's that. 
but you look at the, the, the thing with these two teams, um, just recent history, um, I will say Austin Eckler does perform in night on Sunday night, man. He's, he's had six touchdowns in his last three Sunday night games, but um, this year the Chargers are 0-3 against teams with a winning record, and, and the Chiefs, they get better as a season. They get better late in the year. Um, their 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 regular season record since 2019 in the games in November or later in the season is uh, 26 and three. So, you know, they barely lose, and that's something that we saw with Andy Reid back when he was with the Eagles. Like our December record, we always went into the playoffs hot. So, um, it's just more of the same. And I think that that streak. Of that record of 26 and three tonight is going to move to 27 and three because the Chargers, again, they're just not they're they're an okay team. They can score points. They're a team that doesn't win close games and they don't beat good teams either. So um, I think it'll be a close one. And in typical Chargers fashion, they lose a tight one. Final score is going to be Chiefs 37-33. Yeah, this is the second straight week that the Chargers are shown on the premier Sunday night in the premier primetime spot. But unfortunately, like last week, they're going to fall, fall. One thing you didn't bring up is Patrick Mahomes, as good as he is, there's one thing he has never done, lose to a division rival on the road. Since since he became a starter in 2018. That's pretty impressive. And... Like I said, this should be an interesting matchup. Like I said, they played a tough matchup earlier this year, week two, and that obviously was big as well. And things are going great there. But like I said, the Chargers, I don't know what to say about them. They, 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 seem, like every, they seem like every year they find a way to choke away something that they should have. And once again, it just seems like that. Again, like I said, last week they had 13-3 lead and lost, and lost that game. It wasn't like it was that impressive. So, like I said, I think the Chargers win. No, not the Chargers. I think the Chiefs win. My bad. The Chiefs will win. The Chiefs will win. Final score, 37 37 to 30. All right. Now we go to the Eagles and Colts, who are about to kick off here in about less than a minute. This should be an interesting matchup here. I mean, obviously, for the Eagles, they're coming off their first loss of the season. Indianapolis, they're coming off their, a win, in the, the first win in the new era of Saturday. Jeff Saturday. Matt Ryan, he knows this Eagles team very well. This will be his 10th start against the Eagles in his career, his hometown team. So this is the first time as a Colts. And... And Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph, who are both signed for a specific reason, is in the lineup today. They are starting today. So, or at least they're playing in this game. I don't know if they're starting, but they're in the lineup today. So, two new additions, and this should be a very interesting matchup here. The Eagles do not want to start a new trend. They want to start a continuing trend to bounce back and find a way. But the Colts do bring a, a troubling potential concerning concerning deal that could hurt the Eagles potentially, but hopefully not. You can hopefully bounce back with your thoughts. Yeah, well, um, game one of at least four without Dallas Goddard today, and um, um, A.J. Brown got banged up in that last game, too, against the Redskins, against the Washington. 
Um, he's fine. He seems he seems to be fine. He's playing, so that's good. But um, you know, we can't afford any more injuries to any of our pass catchers, especially our big two. We need we need them. But this game, I, the Eagles need to come out and run the ball like they they they. they can do against anybody. They need to establish the run. They need to dominate the line of scrimmage. And then on defense, like you said, Sue and uh, Linval Joseph are here. That should help get through until uh, Jordan Davis gets back. And when he does get back, they should have a pretty sick rotation there at defensive tackle. Um, it should also help Fletcher Cox, who can't be playing really. Last week, I think he played like 80 snaps. He really should only be playing about 35 at this point in his career because he's completely washed up. And, you know, maybe if you keep his snap count down, he can, he can go all out for a handful, like for 30 plays instead of trying to play for 80 when he can't play anymore. So um, that should help out, too, with uh, Fletcher Cox and his worthlessness. So we'll see how that turns out. But um, I do think the Eagles will establish the run here. Obviously, the Colts are going to come out and try to run the ball down our throat because they've seen the last two teams do it to us. Hopefully, it doesn't happen that way, but I think the Eagles are going to win regardless. I think that offense is going to get back on track. I expect a big game out of Jalen Hurts and, uh, and um, Eagles with the victory, but it will be a close game for until the fourth quarter when Eagles pull away. So, final score, Eagles, 34-23. Yeah, watching this game right now, I mean, it's going to be a, well, they just converted here on third down. That's been their problem here as well in the last few weeks. But anyway, like I said, this should be an interesting matchup. I mean, obviously, you know, it's how the Eagles respond. You don't know how they will respond from this loss. And more importantly, they do, they have lost Dallas Goddard for a month. He's on the four-week IR. Doesn't need surgery, luckily, but he's out. And that means they, you know, more balls for Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And for A.J. Brown, we'll see if he can bounce back because, oh, Taylor with a big run, unfortunately, there. But, like I said, we'll see how, how it goes because, like I said, Jonathan Taylor is such a monster and he just ran a big run there. But it's going to be a battle. This is going to be a back and forth. A lot of people think this is going to be a blowout win. I don't see that. I think Indianapolis, there's their talent there. They have a decent O-line. It hasn't shown it at, at times this year. Obviously, you know about Jonathan Taylor. They do have receivers in Pittman and Paris Campbell. So, these are guys that can actually play. And Matt Ryan, obviously, is a future Hall of Famer or borderline Hall of Famer. So, this is going to be a back-and-forth affair. But I think, at the end, the Eagles are the better team. And I can trust Jalen Hurts to make a big play in the fourth quarter to win this game. So, fingers crossed, Eagles find a way here late in the game to, to avoid to avoid another beat, another upset. So, Eagles find a way, final four, 27-24. Okay. Like I said, Jonathan Taylor just ran a big play, but here he is, you know, down there in the red zone. We'll see, you know, but. Like I said, we'll look back on this game along with Kwame and we'll look back. Like I said, Thanksgiving weekend coming up, Thanksgiving week. Always fun. That's favorite time of the year when it comes to the games that we play. So, like I said, should be a good Thanksgiving because there's good matchups this year, not crappy ones. So, 
that's all we have for this episode, and we'll talk Wednesday. Yeah, man.